another TV news anchor has left the corporate news to do independent journalism. That anchor is Dave Bondi, and he's going to be joining my live stream today to answer any of your questions. So we'll be looking at the live chat. Comment your questions for Dave. He's going to be an open book about what went wrong in the corporate news, why he left his job that he was passionate about. Uh, what his plan is for independent journalism now. What was he not allowed to cover? What can he cover now? Uh, we're going to dive into it live with Dave. He first reached out to me not long after I left Fox. When I went independent, he reached out asking how he could do the same. And I gave him some tips. And I was like, well, if you're still on the inside, get growing your social media now. There's a lot you can do while on the inside Get growing your social media. The number one place to grow social media, easiest place to grow is TikTok, I told him. Well, he took my exact advice. He now has half a million TikTok followers. I should take my own advice. Dave is killing it. Uh, before he joins uh, my show real quick, I am going to show you the video uh, that Dave put out just the other day announcing his independence. Here it is. Hello, my name is Dave Bondi. I recently quit my job in the corporate-controlled media. It's time to get real. This is a pivotal time in society. More than ever, you deserve to know the truth and to also be given hope and inspiration. The division needs to stop. No narratives, no bias, and God and family first. I will follow the money and hold the powerful accountable while also giving a voice to the voiceless and helping people realize the world is not as hateful as the media makes it out to be. I'm launching my own content on this site called Locals. It's a combination of Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube with no algorithm. You are in control of the conversation. There's no fear of being banned or muted. And in order for this to happen, I need your help. I won't have any commercials, no sponsors. I answer to you. I will be able to talk about things that I could never say on TV or social media. Click the link below to sign up. It's about to get real. All right, that is he was at the NBC and Fox outlet. He anchored for both NBC and Fox in mid-Michigan. It was mid-Michigan now, Flint, Michigan. Uh, he's going to be coming on live to answer your questions, but real quick shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. Noble Gold Investments has made it their mission to stay on top of the most important economic news. Three bank runs in the last month. These are the second and third largest runs in history. The government is taking steps to guarantee all deposits. That means more money printing. Plus the Fed is sitting on an unrealized losses of $1.2 trillion on their $8.3 trillion bond portfolio. And the Fed will continue to raise raise interest rates, even if they tank the economy. Do you know who are the only ones not afraid? The ones that are invested in gold with Noble Gold Investments. Gold is the most stable asset outside of any government control. Thousands have approached Noble Gold Investments to get their hands on gold. Hurry, go to Noble Gold Investments. That's ivoryheckergold.com. Link down in my description to secure your wealth. Bag a free five ounce America the Beautiful coin with Eat, uh, with each gold and silver IRA. If you qualify, that is ivoryheckergold.com. Of course, there's always a risk with any investment, but I'm going with gold. With that being said, Dave Bonney's going to join me live right now. Dave, so great to be with you. How are you? 
It is great to be here. This is a long time in the making. I know I reached out to you after your brave actions at down in, in Texas, and you inspired many people. I know we talked via email back and forth for quite a while, and I've talked to others, and you've talked to many former journalists as well, and just want to give you the credit to actually starting what I believe is maybe a new era of independent journalism, and you deserve a lot of credit. Wow, I appreciate that. So how does it feel to be independent now? Because I believe you went independent earlier this month. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yes, I feel free. I feel free. I thought I would miss the TV news, TV newsroom, the breaking news, the so forth. I don't. And I'll get into why I left. There's several reasons why, my family being one of them. Um, I'm the main, main breadwinner in the family, so I couldn't easily do what you did and just randomly leave. So I took your advice and I worked my social and, you know, I have a wife and two amazing children. Wife's amazing as well. And I had to slowly get to that point where I could prepare myself. And even now, um, I'm slowly growing and I'm also doing work for a nonprofit in Michigan, that um, a think tank that believes in uh, free enterprise and less government intervention. So I am doing my own in independent content, but I'm still making sure I can get by doing something else as well and for something I believe in. So it hasn't been an easy road, but I don't miss it at all. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't either, actually. <laughs> it's been nearly two years now that I've been independent wow. and uh, don't miss it. So what caused you to want to get out of the corporate news? It had been over the past, I'd say five or six years, my passion and my wife, who's sitting in the distance here, she could tell that my passion was failing or falling for TV news. Um, back in, the, I've been, I did it for 25 years. My first job was as a, you know, MMJ photographer, reporter, making 18000 a year in Evansville, Indiana. And I interned at CNN, the dreaded CNN back in the day. And they were actually a news organization back then. But in the last five or six years, things have things changed, even on the local level. I work with I worked with amazing people, but the industry as a whole, it was more about it was more at times at times about a narrative, especially with the national news, even on a local level. So I saw things changing. Um, I have two children. They're getting into, you know, dance and events. And I wanted to be more for them as well. So it was multiple things, how the industry had changed, my life as well. And I just didn't feel like I was giving the viewers what they needed to know. Because you've talked about this. There were certain unwritten things you couldn't report on. And that's what I was dealing with. Uh, what, did you see that? ratchet up at a certain point where there were more things that you couldn't talk about? As with you, I, I think COVID obviously started that. And in Michigan, we have a governor, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who I think we had the worst lockdowns in the United States here. So we, I pitched many stories about challenging um, the lockdowns or uh, her science behind them. And as soon as you would pitch them, I mean, a lot of those stories were done, 
but there was always the, you don't want to upset the powers that be really, because, you know, you have to work with the governor and so forth. And that's different from back in the day. The media's job, a journalist is supposed to be to challenge public officials. And I don't care if it was a Republican, Democrat, independent. Uh, but during COVID, if you challenge that, some people would say you're an anti this, you're an anti that. And I'm like, no, I just want people to know everything. And for example, the mask, the mask issue, and I'll watch what I say because I know we're here on YouTube. Um, but the mask issue, my thing as a journalist at the time, I have my own personal beliefs, but I want to put someone on who says this is right. That's right. And let the viewer decide. But I don't think that was happening, especially on a national level. And if you did it even on a local level, the, the emails would come in asking to get me fired or people who would be very upset. Um, I did a story once questioning how they track COVID deaths in Michigan. And literally people were calling for me to be fired from the, in the public. Really? For, for explaining well, how they track them? Yeah, comorbidities. Every A lot of states, Alabama, mm -hmm. North Carolina, when someone would die from COVID, they would say, okay, person A died from COVID. They had cancer. They had obesity. The comorbidities, they would, you know, as to what led to their death. Michigan would not make that public. Michigan would only say they died of COVID and they wouldn't tell you anything else. And I thought that was wrong because as a public, you need to know, you know, it did 30% of the people die. Were they... Did they have cancer? Were they obese? Did they have something in Michigan to this day is not doing it? So I did a big story on it and I do give my boss credit. They let me do the story, but there was pushback in the community and actually pushback from some national media that picked it up. Um, not happy because I was challenging going against whatever narrative was out there. Oh, wow. And how would your boss handle that pushback? They were... They were good about it. I mean, the boss I had at the time, the news director, she she left before I was um, before I left. But she was an amazing person. And um, the company, they they did back me on stories like that. But it was it was very they would have to go back, look at everything, make sure everything was right. Um, but there were other stories that I wouldn't even that weren't allowed to be done with and that when it comes to the election. I get to that in a little bit, but my bosses, unlike yours, uh, I've read, you know, your story, they, they did back me up on, on lots of things. And, but it did come, I think as a shock, the pushback was tough for them uh, because, and, and I can admit it now, I don't work there. They're, they are more of a right leaning company, Sinclair Broadcasting Oh, you're there, with, you were with Sinclair. Yeah. So so they are more open and I do give them credit, too. They do challenge, you know, the narrative and they report it, the Hunter Biden story when no one else would. So I, I do give them credit. But even them, them, they're a big corporation. They have sponsors. And they had to be careful as well. Really? We got a super chat. Thanks uh, to 200 Watt Studio. Hail Ivory and Dave, former Michiganer here. Michiganer? Mr. Gander, they call us. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah, thanks for the super shot. Guys, send any questions to Dave. Um, so was there anything that Sinclair was just like, absolutely not, you can't put this on the air? 
Not really. No. I mean, I, I, I mean, they were great and it's totally different. Well, you know, Fox, people would assume Fox is also like a right leaning uh, company and you dealt with Fox on the local level. Um, for example, there was a story and I don't even know if it got to the corporate, but I wanted to investigate a little bit more about uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the money that was sent to communities like Flint, uh, Saginaw, Detroit. He spent a lot of money. He gave money to those cities. To, For the election, right? Yeah. In his words, it was to help people vote you know, safe, to be safe from COVID. But there was another side to it about, well, where did the money come from? What are the stipulations? And that's a story that we really, I pitched, but it never, it wasn't allowed to be done, really. It was kind of poo-pooed, really. Um, in the in the narrative, the story was that Zuckerberg's trying to have people, you know, be safe from COVID. But digging into the money and it wasn't really, um, and it didn't reach the corporate level, but it just wasn't something that was of interest to the powers that be, I guess. But I thought people deserved to know. Because not saying I. It wasn't the money being used to bend the laws on elections. And there's many instances that I've read. Yes, I believe there were stipulations that came with that um, money as to, you know, who could oversee things, how many drop boxes there may have been. And I just wanted to dig into that a little more and I wasn't able to. Uh, so there's things like that. And I'm not saying that I, and at the time I didn't, I was going to let it go where it went and not give an opinion. I was going to say, this is the money it was spent here. This is what the rules are and let the people decide like a journalist should. But that story never aired. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge story. Uh, and a lot yeah, of the he, media. He did that Zuckerberg money went every big Dallas, Houston, probably it went to every big um, blue area. Right. Uh, but I think swing states, <laughs> swing states got a lot of Zuckerberg money. I heard Wisconsin and Michigan got a lot. Oh, yes. Yikes. Okay, we got another super chat. Uh, Truth with East said, how did Dave quit? Did he quit on air too? No, I did not quit on air. I I was very, like I said, I'm 48 years old. I have a wife, two kids, the main breadwinner in the family. And I honestly did, I do like, I love my coworkers now. I have amazing coworkers, or I had amazing coworkers, um, but they had they had started to make cuts, lay off people, um, and, and cancel newscast. So I felt as if the end was near maybe when it came to, you know, the station, maybe doing news. I don't know, but I, I felt the end was near and I literally just gave my, my notice and gave a two week notice and, you know, did that because I didn't want to um, just want to keep it above board because I still need to, you know, I have another job as well working in Michigan for a nonprofit and um, things were not as bad as I, you know, in your case, things that you talked about, not as bad near at all. So I did work for amazing people. The company treated me well at times. And uh, no, I didn't. I thought of doing what you did, but I just I had to think about it and be sensical as to what if I was a 25 year old, 26 years old single, I might have done it that way, maybe. Yeah. So you said now it's time to keep it real. So what are you, what are you planning to cover? Well, I, a mix of, because I have a big following, as you said, on TikTok as well. And that, that surprised me that that blew up. But I told you. 
I did. I did one story on. Is it well, Gabby Petito? Is she the one in Florida who went missing? I did one video on her when they when she went missing, and it got like three million views, and it just went crazy. So, um, yeah. But no, I want to cover current affairs of the news, but I also want to critique the news. I literally, before I came to this interview, driving home, I listened to MSNBC. So in the future, I want to record the networks and literally play through them and hit pause. Like, okay, what you just heard, that's an opinion. That's not a fact. Because people who are watching CNN, Fox, CNBC, you don't don't know what fact and what editorial is. They mix it all together. So I want to critique the media. I also want to do stories of inspiration. Because I don't think we hate each other as much as the media makes it out to be. I want to do positive stories. And my wife was behind that as well. But there's really great people in this country. And I don't think we hate each other as much as the media makes it out to be. So kind of a mix of of a critique of the media, some inspiration, but also covering big stories by bringing in all of the information and no narrative. You know, if it's an issue, if my locals, locals is a platform, I think, Dan Bongino used to own them, but I don't know who owns them now, but they, they, it's censorship free. We'll see if it sticks that way. But the mask issue, I will bring someone on who says masks are great. Another person, a scientist, masks are bad for you. And I will bring them all on the screen and let it all out there and let the people decide. That's what I think you don't have nowadays. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I like that you bring positivity. And I it was really interesting that you talked about not not thinking we all hate each other as much as, as we do. Because it's true, you know, on the inside of the newsroom, we do we do we see every all the current events that are going on. We have to hand pick what's gonna fit in our newscast and we pick the most dramatic or the what we pick covering I'm talking back in my old newsroom days, covering what would get the most sensational reaction from the audience, which oftentimes is like the most horrifying story. It's yeah, it's true. I mean, and I was like today I was watching MSNBC. Hold on. I was watching MSNBC and they spent three hours on Tucker, Tucker Carlson. I think the people, I think the American public, there's probably other things going on that are important that they need to know about. Um, but you're right when it comes to that. And like I said, my station where I worked at locally, they were good people. The management, for the most part, great people. And we were actually good about not hyping stuff up too much. I've been at television stations, as you have before, where we would only cover the fire, the shooting, or the crazy. And at least my last station, they would let us do positivity. So I want to make it clear that I'm not really negative against my former station or Sinclair, it's the, the industry as a whole, the way it has changed. And I, and especially on the network level. Yeah. Right. Well, you're one of the very few who has a pretty positive take on your newsroom. Uh, was there, because, because I've talked to many, uh, many people inside newsrooms, especially since I left Fox and everyone talks about this, this, peer pressure culture though there's kind of this peer pressure inside newsrooms where you're scared to even pitch certain stories or or you know acknowledge 
the fact that there's this swath of Americans who feel a certain way and should we give them a voice? There's a peer pressure not to. I'd say that that did exist. It did. And different uh, colleagues that I worked with, they had different political, they had varying political beliefs. But if you would bring up story, you know, X or this, uh, there would be some pushback. Um, You would be, you'd be worried, you know, what would people think of you or you knew it wasn't going to get approved, like the story about the Zuckerberg money, so forth. And a lot of media companies now are extremely scared of lawsuits. Anything that's challenging, they are, I mean, they're scared of getting sued no matter what it is. So a lot of them are, they want to take the easy way out. Um, But it was in our newsroom, not as much maybe as in yours. And we didn't have the resources as a bigger newsroom. But there was that fear that, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't have pitched um, the well, we're on YouTube, but I'll be careful what I say. There was someone who kept calling the station that he had, uh, is it tinnitus, tinnitus ringing of his ear? And it was because of the, you know. The needle in the arm? Yeah. that's The new he, pharmaceutical. Yeah. So he had called and called and called. And that story was never, he wasn't really allowed. We weren't allowed to pursue it, be, you know, because they want more research. They want doctors to say this, 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 and that. So there's there those certain things that you hear and that were like, I think this guy, and I'm going to have him on my locals. I'm going to interview him. Um, so it's those type of things you knew like, okay, it's there's no way this is going to make air, but it should. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we got, we had a few of those people calling, you know, they just got the new pharmaceutical. They died the next day, healthy 38-year-old. Oh, we can't cover that. We don't have enough information. <laughs> and I mean, I, I did a story. There was a young 13-year-old that had passed away and the medical examiner believed it may have been from that. And I I got I called Pfizer to start doing the story. They were ruthless, their PR person on the phone. And mm-hmm. they weren't threatening, but they were like, you better not do this story. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, it was kind of a, not an unwritten rule. And we did the story and we did mention on air, the medical examiner said this could be a potential cause. Um, but more probably could have been done. Well, good for your station. They did, it sounds like they did a little bit more than some of them. They do. And I know in, it's Sinclair Broadcasting and they get criticized a lot. Um, because they do things that are outside of the box, but still, again, they need to reel it in just like every other company, just like Tucker Carlson right now, Tucker, he, you know, who knows what went down, but I'm sure Fox corporate probably at time wasn't too happy with him. Oh, for sure. No. And he, he's expressing guys check out my last YouTube. I I have a soundbite from him where he was totally, uh, hinting at the issues behind the scenes between him and Fox. He definitely, was stressing out his bosses. Uh, what's your take on his departure, Dave? Um, I was a Tucker fan, and some people tell me, you know, Tucker, he's not 100% a journalist. He's an editorial. He does give his opinion, but the, he does do, he did do journalism as well. He was a mix. He did do some very good investigations. Uh, Fox Nation, he's had some good stuff, but he was opinionated. He had his own editorial, you know, um, I think it was probably the lawsuit, the eight hundred million dollars, was it lawsuit? That much, mu- that much money impacting the company. They probably were like, okay, this 
we have to cut ties. But then the next day they lose a billion dollars in their stock. So I don't know. And it's interesting to see where he's going to land next because yeah. he can probably do now whatever, you know, and he wa- and it's going to be interesting to see the ratings from Fox. Right. I, I think he's going to land solidly on his feet. He's got a cult following and uh, similar to your, your TikTok cult following, Dave. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I wonder with that happening and with Tucker, does this open up? He could start his own independent thing, most likely. Does this open up, hopefully, people's eyes? Maybe it won't with some, but independent journalists, independent journalism is a thing. I know people say everyone can be a journalist. I mean, everyone can get video of a crash or breaking news, but you have training. I have training in ethics and morals and journalism and research. We are real journalists, just like Matt Taibbi, who broke the Twitter files. He's a real journalist. But the mainstream and lawmakers want to poo-poo him. But I'm I'm hoping that this will maybe like get some people that we're still journalists, not we just don't work for a big corporation. Right. It really is a growing movement of independent journalism. And I I do want to say now when I went to journalism school at Syracuse, they um, uh, taught about editorial journalism and the fact that it opinion journalism is still journalism if your number one priorities are the citizens freedom and the truth but if you have if you have a greater allegiance for instance to a political party than to the truth then you're no longer a journalist even as an opinion journalist you're no longer that you're a propagandist or basically advertising for a political party so that's what separates journalism so opinion journalism can still be beneficial because a lot of people, they turn to news anchors to, to say, uh, how, you know, can you just make sense of this news for me? What's your take on all these stories today? Because I didn't have time to look at them myself. So opinion journalism um, has a good place as long as the person giving their take on the news, their primary goal is your freedom and the truth. Yeah, and that's what I was criticized often. Um, there's, and you, as you know, in our industry, there's a lot of online forums who like bashing the media people. And I would be bashed, oh, he's a right wing crazy. But others would say he's a left wing nut job. So I, I felt I did a good job because people were crit- think, criticizing me on both sides. I'm like, okay, now I'm doing my job. And I have done stories over the years. Republican, Democrat, independent, it doesn't matter We holding the powerful accountable at all times. It doesn't matter what party they are. So, yeah, if you're, a, if you're someone who is like can only see, you know, this party, they're God, they can do no wrong. I don't think that's right. Um, but I am going to be giving my opinion a little more on my locals, especially with God and family. Like, I think the values is what I'm going to talk about a lot. I think we're missing our values in this country. I was told I couldn't talk about God and on my social media, you know, by your boss said that. Yeah. My, you know, I was told that I don't post about God. Don't say this. And I did anyway. And I didn't get in trouble because, you know, the the parent company probably wouldn't have had a problem with it. But um, I, you know, that's what I, in the values and the morals, the, you know, the family, that's what I want to help 
talk about. And I started as I was knew I was going to leave. I started talking about it more. And I think, yeah, that's that's going to be coming out a lot more. Awesome. Someone asked, did Dave graduate from journalism school? If so, who, which one? It was, it's a small school in Michigan, Eastern Michigan University, not a big time journalism school like you went to. Um, I literally was working my behind off, just middle-class family in Metro Detroit, had three jobs during college. So I was going to go to Michigan State. I didn't, I stayed at home. I worked my butt off. And most of what I learned was in the field, was working uh, from the very beginning to be a photographer and then reporter to work my way up. So little small school, but I think it's what you do with yourself. Cause I know people who've gone to Northwestern and um, uh, many journalists who aren't successful at all. It's all about in the, in your heart, I think. Absolutely. I agree that hands-on is the best way to learn as a journalist and the best J schools let you get hands on, but that's awesome. All right. We got another super chat. Well, wish I could support more. Thanks Avery for all you do and introducing us to Dave subscribed on YouTube. will recommend, please keep the truth coming. Thank you. DK me, by the way, guys, I linked Dave's, uh, all of his stuff down in my description. We've got Dave Bondi's new YouTube, um, his locals page, his famous TikTok. He's a big TikToker guy <laughs> because he who, took my advice. <laughs> who knows when that will be taken down though, but. Um, oh, their TikTok is so censored. I've had so many TikTok videos deleted. That's oh. why, like I tell people like you to do TikTok because you'll get an audience. It's true. TikTok's the easiest place to grow an audience. You have to but, be so careful. Yeah, but. I, I myself don't take my own advice. I get demoralized about TikTok because they keep deleting my videos. At one point, they deleted my whole page, but they return, you know, they reinstated me after an appeal. It is. I, I did a video the other day about my locals community trying to promote it, and I got taken down. That video was taken down for fraud. TikTok? So I, appealed, I, I appealed it, and they put it back. Uh-huh. But um, I did a story about Michigan had a new vaping, something about vaping, and they took it down because it was drug use. So I'm I, at times I'm like pulling my head out, but uh, I, I push people in my bio because you, you can't put a link on TikTok videos, a link. So I push everyone to my bio, the locals link there, and then I try to use that to push them outside of TikTok. Exactly. And I think that's that's what I tell people to do too. You grow the TikTok not to stay on TikTok, but to say, I'm here. Now let's move somewhere freer. Yeah. And you could assume at any time it could go away overnight. Right. I know I've had friends who had giant TikToks wiped out, but then they regrew their TikTok just as fast. But bottom line, TikTok sucks in a lot of ways, but it's good for alerting the public that you exist that you're covering good news and now go follow me somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, this, I'm doing this, uh, on my own. I have my own content. I do have a full-time, a a full-time job. Like I said, I'm working with a, uh, a think tank that believes in free enterprise, less government intervention. And they're, you know, allowing me to do my own thing on the side and, their morals and beliefs match up exactly with what I believe in. Um, the organization I work for, they were part of suing Governor Whitmer because of her executive orders. So I think it matches up well with everything. And, you know, like I said, I need to make sure of health insurance and all that sort of stuff. So 
it's I'm very happy now. And my wife's here in the background and she's happy to have me home at night as well. Wonderful. Oh, that's right. You don't have to mess with those crazy late news hours anymore. And begging to get Christmas or Easter and begging to get a holiday off or having to run out the door in a mass shooting. I knew my passion was really gone when Michigan State University had the mass shooting and they had asked me, do I want a field anchor there? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm over it. I'm no, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, my passion kind of died too. But it, when you have the passion for corporate news, you're like, yes, get me out there in the action. And yeah, yeah and I'll admit, and I don't know if my wife's okay with me saying this, but I will. When I moved to Pittsburgh, I was in Pittsburgh, top 25 market. And I had to, as you know, a bigger market. I mean, it's competitive. You have yeah. to break stories. You have to, um, I had, you know, issues with my marriage because I was concentrating so much on my career and I just, now it's time for the family and we got through everything. We worked through it, but I was coming from Birmingham, Alabama to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I had to cover three counties and I was working like 15 hours a day to, to do it. And it's family time now. Well, that's wonderful to be be able to prioritize family. We got another super chat. Thank you, 200 Watt Studio. People tend to forget Edward R. Murrow wasn't straight news. He was editorial and opinion. Oh, I didn't realize that. But Yeah, I, I hear that he, that he did give some editorial, and I even think um, many of the news anchors do. Now, someone like Don Lemon, I don't even consider him a journalist, honestly. He was mostly he, he editorial. Um, but yeah, th- things have definitely changed. Like I said, I interned at CNN in 1998 and Tucker Carlson worked at CNN when I was interning there. He, oh. he was at CNN on a show called Crossfire. They had a Republican. He was a Republican Democrat and they would just argue. But from 8 to 11 p.m., you knew it was commentary, commentary slash news. And during the day, CNN was literally giving you the news. It's nothing like that now. So I, I, if they paid me a million bucks, I would not go work for CNN right now. Dang. Yeah. I, I got a lot of job offers after I left Fox. I didn't accept any of them. I, I just can't stomach working for a news corporation. It's weird. I work where I work now at the, the think tank, as they call them. I'm literally, I think I have PTSD from TV news. Like the people are so amazing. It's they're not micromanaging and it's just, wow, if I have an event for my daughter, I can just go and finish my work at another time. The real world is it's tough because 25 years, you know what it's like. I, I, I go into the morning meeting. I'm worried. Oh, God, do I have the good story idea? Am I going to have a story today? It's totally different. Well, good. Hopefully you can uh, have some peace. Yeah. And it's amazing that people are. Signing up to my locals, I think I have 250 paid subscribers. Nice. With their, their hard-earned money, and I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm building a set in the basement, and a lot of the equipment was supposed to arrive last week. It's not there. But, uh, yeah, and once again, you are the inspiration that went behind it. I'm also friends with, oh, my, she was CBS in Detroit. April she, Moss. Oh, good. Yes. You, you connected with her. Good. We, we've talked a lot before, before and – um, she was brave enough as well to, uh, you know, yeah. You know, you're one of the few men we're hearing from. We're hearing from these women who were brave enough to say, I'm being muzzled. Let's get out and get to the truth 
that you guys have questions, but we haven't heard a lot from corporate news men. Yeah. And I, I talked that over in, in my situation. Like I said, I was the main breadwinner in the family. I made good money, you know, being a main anchor. I was also our digital content manager and I did not want to, my first priority had to be the, the, my two children and my wife. Like I said, if I was younger, I might have went your route possibly, but I don't know if it's fair to say that more men are the main breadwinners. It's not necessarily true, um, but maybe you will see more. I, I don't know. Hopefully more men will speak out about the fake news. Uh, <laughs> I know that I had young men, co-workers, who were not breadwinners for anyone, only for themselves. Mm. And they should have spoken out. But, yeah, or, or at least stand up in the newsroom and push back. Um, right. And, and so I, I hope that's what they're doing. And and so I, I don't have animosity towards the ones that are still in the newsroom because they, they can do a lot from the inside, too. Yeah. And that's what I did as well on the inside. And like I said, and I, I want to make it clear, you know, most of the people I worked with were amazing, but I did push the envelope on things. And yeah, I hope those that are still there can do that. And there were many issues, though, where I like the God thing, not posting about God. I would have if I, I, I kept doing it. And if they wanted to fire me for that, I wouldn't have cared. I would have kept doing, you know, morals and beliefs, things like that. Um, but wow. yeah, if you're in a newsroom right now and you're watching, just stand up and do what you know is right as a as a journalist, as a human being. Just, you know, stand up. I agree. All right. And we got another one. Uh, I graduated from EMU oh, that's my college. forever. That's wow. Someone else from Eastern Michigan University that, yeah, they oh, changed right. the name. They used to be Hurons, but they changed the name to Eagles for, you know, as many colleges and pe- names are changing. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. We got Michiganders here. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right. You guys are saying we should get Tucker. <laughs> I wish I could have Tucker. I don't think I'm big enough to have Tucker on yet, but that would be cool. You know, if he if he started his own locals or if he went independent, the server would have to be huge because it would be it would be wild. It's going to be very interesting to see where he goes. Someone said, does he team up with James O'Keefe? Because he just started his own media, you know, uh, well, business. O'Keefe had his own media. Well, yeah, he did. It was his. He he self imploded, and he's starting again. So does Tucker get, who knows, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. And also to see the ratings when they come out for Fox primetime. Oh yeah. This will, this will be a dent in Fox's ratings and they deserve that dent. They have been deceiving the public. I, I witnessed that. So hopefully Fox will, eventually keep it real, but that's very doubtful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the comments here. I don't think I see any other questions. Just a lot of people, uh, a good audience here. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, just that I left for many reasons. My family, my passion wasn't there. I felt as if there honestly were narratives out there that I didn't agree with. And overall, the people I worked with, the company, unlike yourself and others, I had a mostly very good positive experience, but I think I can do better doing what I'm doing now, working for the 
think tank that I'm working for, but also just being me. And like I said, putting out positivity and trying to just get the real information out there. Like I tell people the Hunter Biden story that should have been out from the very beginning. And that probably swayed the way people voted. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to put out those things that may not be popular. So I think everyone deserves it. I'm glad you can be directly connected with your audience full time now, because I think corporate news does a lot of distraction news. They're tuned out of what their audience actually wants answers on. So that's what I say. I work now because they're literally paying. I work for them and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, if, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, if they if they do something horrible, I'll I'll call them out on it. I will report it. Um, but I'm listening to the people. And a lot of people say, you know, we want positive news. You always hear that working in news and like, do really people really want positive news? I posted a video on my Facebook two weeks, no, a month ago of re- kids randomly playing in muddy puddles. It got three million views on Facebook. Because I post it just like the old days with no cell phones. So it made me realize I think people still do want some positivity in their life. Absolutely. I really think people do. And I'm hoping to get more positivity out there too. I felt a duty to cover a lot of the corruption that Fox wouldn't let me cover. But I'm like, gosh, I just want to get more positivity out there now. Uh, I still want to bring the corruption and working where I work now. It's a great organization. Uh, they, the Mackinac Center, they dig in, dig deep into things. For example, uh, the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, they're nonpartisan or by nonpartisan, but a story on electric vehicles. I never knew that when you're in a crash, it almost will total the car and the batteries. They're not good for the environment. What happens after a crash? I didn't even, and they did a story about that. Solar panels. I didn't know they only last 15 years after that. Where do you put them? Those kind of stories I think people need to know. There are things that are in the narrative you're not going to see on CNN, but, you know, electric cars can be good. But what are the bad things about them? Mm, Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're able to look into some of the news that's not being covered. Uh, One more super chat. Dave is right. EMU is a good college near U of M, (laughs) but half the price and half the size. Terrible parking, though, LOL. (laughs) It is. And that's another thing with college. Um, I have a five, or he's going to be six and a 10 year old. If they don't go to college, that's fine with me. I have a nephew that went to a trade school, his first job, electrical engineering, making 85,000 a year at the age of 21. So nice. I, college is fine. But if you, if you want to succeed, you know, yeah. So that's another thing. I, like I said, I learned most of what I learned in the field, on the job. And if I could do it all over again, I had a news director in Birmingham, Alabama. He never went to college and it was amazing. So yeah, I mean, college is great, but if you want to do trade school, I think sometimes the media, others prop up, you have to go to college. You have to do, no, do what makes you happy. Right. I I thought college was necessary for a long time. Now I'm wondering if it's all a scam. (laughs) It, it, It depends. You know, if you want to be a lawyer, a doctor, um, my wife was starting to go to, can I say that? Was starting to go to college and, you know, she stopped and then she has always had a passion for doing hair. So she went to cosmetology school and she ended up being a master hairstylist doing great and bringing in good money. So that's an example, I think. Awesome. 
Oh, okay. One more question before you go. Someone asked, did your ex-employer take ownership of your social sites? No, they did not. And that's where I would have drawn the line. If they would have, if they would have asked for the password, my notice would have went in immediately. Um, no. Yeah. Did they own yours at all? No. Uh, they, Fox Corp tried very hard to take ownership of my social media. It was the Fox Corp policy nationwide wow. to have ownership of my social. So did they have your password? What's going on with his social? What? Did they have your passwords in that? Um, No. So the thing is I put my foot down very hard and I'm sure others, you know, it's a nationwide policy. So I'm sure Fox news channel Tucker had, had to deal with that too. But I, I, I just, every time my boss would bring it up, I, I would say I'd ask a lot of questions and say, these are my concerns. And then, okay, I'll get around to it. And I wouldn't. And I kicked the can down the road. They finally gave up. Good. But, you know, I had to really protest for a long time to keep my social. But I feel like I was the only one in the newsroom who did that. See, a lot of people just go with it. They're so scared. People live in fear too much. And I watched my coworkers get used and abused by the corporation because they were so afraid of bothering their boss because they might lose their job. So sure, take all my social media that I grew myself for years without you, Fox, but now it's yours. Like I said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's good. And that would have been the line for me. Um, I would not have allowed that. And I think I I did research. I believe there was, this went to court, I think in Virginia somewhere, a station lost because they were, the, the employee sued because the station had ownership of the employee's social and they ended up like getting hacked and they were, something happened. But I, I would tell all the new employees, I, I would say, you know, it's not the policy of the company to give your passwords up, but never do it. I would, I would never recommend doing it because you're also dealing with, as you know, on Facebook message, I'm having sources emailing me and, and people who you know, or victims of crime or so forth. And I didn't want that going into the hands of who knows what, you know, corporate would do with it. Right. I just had this gut feeling that corporate would nuke my page before, you know, I'm sure if, if they disagreed with me somehow. So I, uh, I'm glad I followed my intuition on that guys stand your ground. (laughs) That's, that's a big one. And I think more stations, at least, my last company, they never asked. They never asked for Good. passwords or so forth. Um, but I've heard, yeah, Fox. I didn't know that about Fox. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it, they they literally said their policy was that they needed control of all the on-air talents, social media, so that if we went rogue, they could delete our pages. Wow. <laughs> they said this back in like 2018. And I'm wondering with Tucker, he has said he doesn't use social himself. He has all his accounts, but I'm wondering if Fox now does own all of that, probably. Ooh, yeah, I guess we'll find out. I think he owns his own website. I went on last night. If you go on to TuckerCarlson.com, you can sign up for a text alert to see what's next. So he'll be okay. I'm not worried about him. He'll be fine. Maybe they'll come to an agreement where like, okay, Fox will hand over your social Tucker as long as you don't badmouth us on it or something. Some non-disclosure or, <laughs> yeah, because... It's interesting. But if you're a young journalist and you're out there, 
don't do it because you could do break that one story that makes you makes your TikTok at a half million. And if your company owns it and you leave, your account's gone. Right. Social media is worth a lot these days. That's your connection to your audience. You no longer need a news corporation to connect with the audience. And and the ratings, and I can say this, not only where I work, but I've seen the ratings in this market and other markets. As you know, the ratings continue to go down in local news and in national news. People, appointment viewing, people aren't having to be home at six o'clock to watch the news. And they have so many other choices now. Exactly. We watch the TV news ratings go down and our social media pages go up and we say, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, guys, it's time to go independent. Follow Dave's lead, follow my lead, get out and get your money right. It can be hard to monetize your independent media though. So definitely go follow Dave Bondi's locals down below. Um, have you know, Having that small subscription payment really helps uh, fund the independent journalism. I mean, because I would like to, uh, where I work, I get a good amount of vacation. I would like to travel to do stories. I would like to go to the southern border. And you went there, I think, to to look around yeah. to see what's going on. I, I'd like to do that. And right. the funding yeah. would, would help because uh, I have two kids. So who knows what if they do go to college, what it's going to cost by the time they get there. Um, yeah. But I would like to travel and cover stories and see it for myself. And let me say, it was so expensive to cover the southern border. I That's why I, I had ended up going down there twice because I thought it was very important, but it cost me so much money. That's why I haven't gone back. Yeah. And I wanted to do it justice with a, in a, you know, a professional photographer and everything, but that it gets very pricey. So all the independent journalism donations from the audience really, really helps. And that's what I urge everyone to follow Ivory as well. I'm going to promote you and I have, you know, re- and now I can retweet all of your stuff without someone criticizing me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, one time I, was it you? No, it was Brandy Cruz up in Seattle. I, she's independent now. She left a very high paying job to do it. Oh, and I, I liked, it. I liked one of her comments and one of the, gossip websites in our industry called me out and said, Bondi did this. And then I'm like, just because I like this person's comment. Let me say the gossip sites are a major issue. Part of why corporate news journalists live in fear is because they're scared that a gossip site will write an article about them. And um, this, my wife wife just looked at me. She's like, she knows because I would be paranoid. Yeah, the cowardice has got to stop. It. I don't understand why these random blog spotters writing from their mom's basements have such control over corporate news anchors across the nation. Like, is Joe Schmo in his mom's basement going to write about me today because I went out without a COVID mask or whatever the heck it was? Um, and I decided... Yes, I got a gossip article written about me in 2016 because I wore a bikini to the beach, which as a news personality, I was not supposed to ever be seen in a bikini. I, I was, uh, you know, in uh, Malibu, California on vacation. And lo and behold, I didn't wear a three piece suit to the beach. So God forbid the gossip site writes about me. I get home. My agent calls me like you're on such and such gossip site. I'm like, am I getting fired? And it, and it was a stressful day. 
for what? Because I lived like a normal human. And I walk into the newsroom and my coworker gives me a hug, like, are you okay? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, because I wore a swimsuit to the beach like every other American. And that was 2016. That's when I decided, screw the gossip sites. I do not care what they say about me. I'm never going to read them. I'm going to give them zero credit. So sure enough, in 2020, when I started showcasing what was actually happening in America, I got written about on the gossip site. Oh, yeah. And I, because I simply said on, on Instagram that the new, the new censorship we were seeing was similar to China, which was true. I had studied Chinese censorship. And so making that accurate comparison gets me on the gossip site. My boss calls me up. This is very grave, Ivory, very grave. I said, I don't care what people think. We were taught that as kids, right? Don't care what people think. Yeah, and the real public not is not reading that. I know the site you're right. talking that, about. That's the thing. I, and this is what I told my boss. I was like, none of our viewers read this random gossip site. It's only our industry and the loser that runs probably that site. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the that's what my wife says. Don't even look at it. And I'm not anymore because the average person... No, it's only the industry people like us that did read it or look at it. Right. So they called me a nutcase for accurately comparing American media censorship to Chinese media censorship. And uh, and I said, well, I don't, I don't read that. I don't care about gossip. I, people can say whatever they want about me. And my boss said, well, you need to read it. You need to care. And that was the beginning of the end. Um when Fox actually agreed with the with the gossiper and said, you can't criticize censorship anymore. I did a tweet. I'll be quick. And I know, I know you're busy. I'm busy. I, I did a tweet. There was an incident about a police involved shooting. And there was a I forget what story it was, where it was. It was a 30 second clip. And I responded to an, I, I don't know. I put it on Twitter and I said. We need to know more. I said many times the 30 second clip doesn't tell the whole story. And it ended up on a gossip site and I got brought into my boss's office and said I should have just not talked about it. And it was a I think it was an issue of race at the time. But I said, it doesn't matter what race. It it was the issue that sometimes a 30 second clip doesn't tell the whole story. And that was my point. But I got called in about that one. Right. It's. If the gossip site says it's a no, no, then your boss believes it's a no, no. This has got to stop in the industry. Uh, these random gossipers have a stranglehold on truth telling. Why? Well, now it feels good to be independent. And obviously, you know, I, I still have a place where I work with now, but it's good that I can be more open and be a real journalist and not worry about whatever site. But you're talking about the journalists who are there now. It's extremely tough. There's a woman in, oh, what's her name? She's an anchor and she's now in Houston, I think. She's on TikTok. She's really popular. And the, Caroline, I think, and the gossip sites go after her every day for dancing on TikTok. And I'm like, you want to dance on TikTok? Go ahead. Right. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Loosen up, people. These yeah. people are, are regular people. This is why the industry is so fake, because they are peer pressured into being completely phony. Like, I'm not allowed to dance. I'm not allowed to be seen in normal people clothing, you know, all these things. So then they get fake in their news delivery as well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm when I say keeping it real, that's what I am. I'm real. I would I always respond to comments on Facebook. I um, 
go live. I, you know, play, I don't show my kids on social anymore just because there's our crazies out there, but mm. I'm just real about things. I'll go live when I just wake up when a, whatever I'm wearing and my hair all a mess. I don't care. I think a lot of the media that you're right, just get, be real. That's what people want. hundred percent. Well, glad to have you independent Dave. So uh, thank you so much for your time today. Everybody go follow Dave Bondi. Links down in my description on YouTube, locals, TikTok, everywhere. We'll see you later. Thank you so much. All right. Bye.